The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. I thought it was fitting to have this visual. So I hope as you came in today that you found your place. Maybe you were sitting with someone new. That's awesome. That's exciting. And you found a place to fit in today. Uh, but maybe today you're sitting here and, you're, and as you consider fitting in, maybe there's times in your life that you have felt like that you've not fit in. Maybe you've had a desire to fit in, maybe with a certain group of friends or in a particular activity. And for whatever the reason, uh, you just were not able to fit in and you felt that kind of isolation. Almost that there was a barrier in place that you could not cross despite your best efforts. Uh, And again, whatever that might be personally, maybe it's a dream or a goal or desire that you have, maybe something work-related, you have a desire to fit in in a particular area of your life, but you've experienced that barrier stepping in the way before. Maybe you can relate to that today. Um, I know that previously before um, I came on board here with Lifehouse, I worked for nine years as a mechanical engineer. And the company that I worked for had been around for over a hundred years. And during that time, they had done some incredible designs. They had patents. They had really unique things to that company. And when I was coming on board with them, one unique process they were doing was digitalizing all of their designs, all these special things, all these patents, things that were unique to this company that no one else had access to. And they were taking these from paper copies in what they called affectionately the vault, and they were moving them digitally to a secure server room. And so this server room we had on site, and it was filled with server, these nice computers, and literally there was a barrier that you could not access this unless you had clearance. Uh, It was very particular. These secrets getting out could jeopardize the business. And I remember even as an employee of the company, I was not allowed access to the server room. I could view the documents on my computer, but I could not physically be in that room. If you approached it, you literally came to a room with barriers that were walls and a door and with a keypad outside. And unless you had the key card to get in, uh, you would not be able to access that room. It was only for our IT people to keep that area secure. But if you think about it, the only thing that was separating me from inside that room being outside was a label. It was a specific badge. It was a label that somebody else made who thought they had a right to label me that particular way. And I wonder in our lives sometimes if we feel that we are isolated, that there are barriers because of labels that either society or someone has put on ourselves or their labels that we quite frankly put on ourselves. Uh, Whatever it might be, perhaps that might be the reason that we feel isolated, that we feel these barriers all around us. And I think in our society today, in our culture, that we are surrounded by labels, that we're surrounded by barriers, if we're honest. And there's four big categories that typically we don't like to get into, but I want to touch briefly where we do see a lot of these barriers present in our life. The first one is in politics. It's 2020, it's an election year, come on. We are experiencing this all across the board. Whether you lean one way or the other, there is a barrier, there is a divide that is present based on your political stance. And one side would say that they are correct, the other side would say that they are correct, And then there's some of us in the middle there, please like, don't get us involved. We want to be neutral from all of this. I think also in today's society, we we can talk about gender, gender orientation, gender equality. And these are things that create barriers and that divide us. And even in today's society, hard to believe it, race. 
Race still causes barriers, it causes isolation, it causes division among us in a society, and this is nothing new. We've seen it in our country's history over the past hundred year, couple hundred years, but even around the world, and even in ancient times, we still see race creating barriers. And I'm going to take you on a quick rabbit trail here, back even to Bible times. Uh, you might have heard before that there was a temple that was constructed for the worship of God. That temple was constructed for the Jews to worship God. If you were non-Jewish, if that was not your ethnicity or your background, you were not welcome. In fact, they built on, um, during the second temple construction, when it was rebuilt, there was an outer court area called the Gentiles court. And that was the only area that you were accessible to if you did not have Jewish lineage. You could look in, you could see what was going on, but you couldn't participate. That, that race created a division. And, uh, and sadly today in our society, I think that race continues to provide division. And you would say, even in a place like religion and among the church, Sadly, this is true too. We find that churches themselves don't get along with other churches. To me, this is perplexing. If the church is supposed to be the hope of the world, churches don't get along with other churches. Denominations don't get along with other denominations. There are certain beliefs that create this turmoil, that creates a divide. And if we're really honest, church attendees, Jesus followers, don't get along with other Jesus followers. Now, I know we have none of that here in the room today. I'm sure you guys are perfect. But if we're honest, again, I think that we can be realistic and you've experienced something that has created this division, this barrier, almost this wall of hostility in your life towards someone else or someone else against you. It is not the way that we were designed to live. We were designed to live in community. We were designed to re- live in relationship. But sadly, that's been sabotaged. In place of community, it's as if we are living in calamity. It's almost like a fight, a battle that we go through from time to time that perhaps we put ourselves in or that we try to avoid. And if we're honest too, some of those barriers that we face are barriers that we have put up that instead of isolating others, we've really barricaded ourselves in. We've created isolation for ourselves, And unfortunately, this is nothing new. It's something that's been happening throughout generations. And we see it historically in biblical times as well. And I want to take you back to the book of Ephesians here today in a couple of moments. Ephesians is a book in the Bible that Paul, who was a follower of Jesus Christ, wrote to the church that was at Ephesus. Now, I'm not going to spend the whole time explaining what the church of Ephesus looked like, but suffice it to say, it was not a pleasant place, um, the the town of Ephesus, the city. Um, It was filled with a lot of wickedness. There were a lot of vile, horrible things going on, um, and honestly, some things that we would still see in our present society today. And here was this brand new church that was present. And they were trying to do their best following after Jesus amidst a culture that was surrounding them with barriers, with labels. Now, earlier in this passage, before we get in the verses that we're looking at, Paul has just reminded the, the church at Ephesus that they are followers of Jesus Christ, nothing because of what they've done, but because it is a gift of God, because it is grace that has allowed them to do that. And then he gives them this kind of reminder about barriers and labels. And we see this here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. It says, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh 
called the uncircumcision by what is, what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hand. So basically what he's saying, not to get in the whole details of circumcision, but he's saying basically a label that was given to you by somebody else that was already labeled, that another person who had the ability to put this label on you. Continuing on, it says, remember that you were at one time also separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. He's reminding these believers that they too, at one time, experienced this kind of barrier, this kind of separation, this kind of isolation that they saw around them in their culture. He's making this correlation because the important thing that Paul is trying to convey, the truth of God's word to us is that God's desire for all of us is that we be reconciled. God wants us to be reconciled. He does not want us to live in a state of division. He does not want us to stay in a state of isolation. But sadly enough, that's where we find ourselves in. Now, to think about the word reconcile, if you guys are out there and um, you, you are accountants or maybe you balance your checkbooks, when we think about reconcile, it means really to make an account consistent with another. It means to align things together. It also carries the idea of restoring relationship. But the problem is, as much as we would love to cross over the barriers, the, these walls of hostility that we find in society, that we find in our own lives, we are unable to conquer them, to climb over them in and of ourselves. No matter how much we would try, we in and of ourselves do not have the strength, do not have the power to overcome those barriers, that, those isolation walls that we see in our lives. And the truth of the matter is, the reason behind that is because we have a more giant, huge barrier that we forget about sometimes called sin. Sin simply is anything we think, say, or do that displeases God. That sin, the wrong things that we do, our selfish desires, the walls that we put up, the brick and mortar that we build up in our lives separates us not just one from another, it also separates us from God. You see, God is perfect and holy, and therefore when we do something wrong in our lives, which we all have, that sin separates us from God. It, it actually makes us a stranger to God. There is a void, there is a gap, there is a chasm between us and God because of the sin that we find present in our lives. But I told you that was not God's desire for us. God's desire was for us to be reconciled. So how was that made possible? Paul outlines this more in Ephesians chapter 2, picking up in verse 13. He says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Go ahead and leave that up there for a moment. What happened here is that God loved us so much that he wanted to get involved. For some of you, this is familiar, but I want you to consider this brand new. That dividing wall was intolerable to God. He had to do something about it because he loved you so much. And that reason, that solution was Jesus Christ. Jesus coming to earth and taking on himself a punishment that he did not deserve. He took on himself the sin that we have all done, the sin that I have done, the sin that you have done, he placed on himself and paid the punishment in full by his death. 
By dying in our place, we are able to receive forgiveness of sins. We are able to have that wall of hostility torn down. Reading again at the end of that verse, it says, So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. Killing the hostility. That wall that was separating us has not been just dismantled slightly. It has been utterly and completely destroyed by the power of God Almighty through Jesus Christ dying and coming back to life. That is the victory that we have the opportunity to live in when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. These walls no longer surround us. When society throws one up, we realize that we are triumphant because of what Jesus Christ has done. And simply what that means for us is that we can be reconciled to God through Christ. We can be reconciled to God through Christ. That can be taken care of by us making the choice, the decision to follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior by believing that personally, by counting his work to us as our faith, that that is what will count to us as righteousness and forgiveness of our sin. When we do that, it transforms the way that we live. We no longer live with barriers and walls of isolation. No, we can live differently because the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us. It empowers us to live differently and to live literally without barriers. One of the neat things about that verse we just read is it creates this oneness. He talks about two men becoming one. Literally, God desires this unity, this oneness to happen among us and God, but also among his people. Continuing on in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. I said before that whenever we have that sin in our life, we become a stranger of God. We are not known. However, when we accept Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit allows us to live differently. It allows that reconciliation to take place between us and God, but allows that reconciliation to happen another place too. It allows it to happen between you and I between you and other people. It allows us to be reconciled one to another. And that's a takeaway I believe that Paul is outlining here under the inspiration of God, that we are to be reconciled with others through Christ. We are to be reconciled with others through Christ. Now, now note here that it's coming because of Jesus Christ. He is the foundation that we are built on. It's not gonna work on anything else. Try as we might, it has to come down to the core commonality of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That relationship, that bond that we have, that coalition allows us to live differently with the people that that are around us. That reconciliation then transcends any type of preferences that we have in our life. You know, I don't know what your background was growing up. For me in my life, my background looked a little bit different than what you see here today at LifeHouse. And not under pressure or even under strict teaching, but as I grew up, the mentality that I had was that, honestly, there were some Christians that were probably better than others. And you could almost look at the outward appearance, and I'm ashamed to say this today, but this is, this is what I felt like growing up. Looking at the outward appearance, the preferences that I had determined 
what person's life was, what, how they were with God. When I first came to Lifehouse, honestly, this is not that long ago. This is back in 2015. Um, I came in November of 2015, and shortly after there, I had an opportunity to get plugged in. This is going to surprise you all, serving on hospitality. Um, they said, you have a smile. You should be at the door greeting. And I remember this was really incredible for me and my life because up until that point, and I mean no ill will to any of you out here that you might have some of these things, but growing up, I have been kind of exposed to the mentality that things like piercings and tattoos were, were bad things, and that you couldn't be a good Jesus follower if you had those things. And what amazed me is I was sitting here at the door greeting people coming in that were on fire. They were passionate about serving Jesus Christ beyond that preference that I had. And it, 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 I take that away today and I say, what the reconciliation that God provides for us goes beyond any type of preference that you might have in your life. Now, if you're wondering, I'm well beyond that now. So you be a tattoo. Great, wonderful. I love you guys so much. But I, and I say that now and it sounds silly and shameful. It sounds almost childish. But literally, this is the mentality that I carried. And, and that is no blame to anyone or anything in my life. That's just kind of the environment that I was experiencing it with. But that's... That's not the reconciliation that God wants for us. He wants us to live a transformed life. And because of our reconciliation through Jesus to God, it allows that reconciliation to others happen beyond our preferences. It allows it to tra transcend beyond any prejudices that we might have. Prejudices is a, is a nasty word, and we don't like using it. But if you look deep down your heart, I'm wondering, do we harbor some of those deep in our life that God would not have us experience or live out in our lives. I think also too that both those things jeopardize what God desires. He wants us to live in community. He wants us, new shock, to get along. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are no longer alone. The Bible says we become a child of God. We become a son or daughter of God. That's John 1.10. Now, if we live differently that way, that means that everyone else who does that is also a son or daughter of God. That means we're the family of God. That means that that family extends beyond the four walls of Chambersburg campus, beyond the four walls of Lifehouse Church, beyond the four walls of a denomination. It extends to anyone who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I have to ask the question, are we living that way? Let's even back it up. Are we living that way within the four walls? Do we harbor these barriers, these things of isolation that God would not have in our lives? We need to get along. And my question to you and to myself today is what do we need to do? And that is you. What do you need to do? What do I need to do to get reconciled to somebody else? Far too often, we are giving poor excuses in our lives, excuses that are chaining us to our past in the defeated life and saying that this is the reason why I can't experience reconciliation. And God's saying, I already provided the best reconciliation that is possible through Jesus Christ, and you're telling me you cannot reconcile? It should be everything in our effort to do that, to live peaceably with all men, within the church, within churches, and within our community. You see, the thing we have to remember is that we have a real enemy, Satan, that wants us to live defeated. A great way that he can do that is to get us in a real place or in the place where we believe that we are isolated. He wants us in a place wherever we think that we have barriers against us 
or we have literally pulled out the brick and mortar and put up our own barriers around us. That is not the victorious life that Jesus Christ wants us to live. He wants us to live in community. Now here at Lifehouse Church, we believe very, very strongly in this. And before you think I'm going into commercial mode, I'm not. This is important. Stick with me. We talk a lot about our weekend experiences here, but this is only a portion of what we do. It's a very visible portion, yes, but what happens beyond the weekend, I dare say, is even more critical. And that's our life group ministry. Your life group ministry is an opportunity for you to sit in a circle of community, like what you're just doing right now at these tables, to sit together. And perhaps you're sitting with people today that you don't even know. Maybe you've even seen them before. You've never struck up a conversation, but you have an opportunity to sit and to live with other people. Now, you might think probably one of two things, either one, I don't need that, I'm good. Or two, the idea just terrifies you to death. And, and I can understand both of those things. But the idea here is that if we are living as the body of Jesus Christ, we can be comfortable in both those aspects. We need this community. When you go to a group, there's some important things that happen. First off, you receive encouragement. You're gonna be surrounded with other people that are trying to follow after Jesus, not perfectly, by the way. And if you think that, you know, you don't wanna join a group because you're not perfect, newsflash, other people are imperfect in that group as well. So go join the crowd and live an imperfect life together that does your best to bring honor and glory to God. But you get to live life around other people and receive the encouragement that you need to stay forward following after Jesus. We are gonna face times in our lives, we all will, where following Jesus is not easy. We're quite honestly, we don't even see the path. We're not even sure if we want to do this. We're not even sure if we buy into it anymore. And that's where having your life group, your community around you can really be that encouragement. Not only that, but your life group provides accountability. Oh, we don't like accountability. We like to do things our own way. But that accountability is critical. You see, when you're in your life group, you have an opportunity to grow alongside each other. And you can say, you know, this is what God's leading me forward to in my life. And those people can hold you to the fire. They can encourage you along the way, yes, but they can say, you know what? This is what God told you. We believe it. We believe it beyond what you believe it. And when you're discouraged, man, we're going to say, we're going to speak life over that. We're going to help you stay on the path and we're going to help you stay away from sin and drawing close to Jesus Christ. Another great thing about life group is it allows you to have an opportunity to be taught. Now, we're not going there to be knowledgeable about the word of God. We're not trying to be Bible scholars here. But the more we consider Jesus Christ, Hebrews 3.1, the more we consider, the more we see Jesus Christ, the better we are to follow after him. As we look into God's word together and we allow not a person, but the Holy Spirit of God to teach us, to grow us more closer to him, it allows us to follow more closely after Jesus Christ. It allows us to live differently. Now, you can try to do this on your own and you can have some level of success. But I'm telling you, joining a life group, having that community, you can't beat it. You, you literally, it's, it's, it's incredible. Now, again, I don't want to set the bar too high saying that you're going to go in there and it's going to be perfect. No, you're working with people. People are not perfect, but together we have an opportunity to work together as the body of Christ to grow closer to him. I want to challenge you today to get plugged into a life group. And I don't say that because we are trying to get numbers on a board or, you know, we want to get this percentage. No, I'm realizing it because for your health as a Jesus follower, it's critical. It's important. One hour a weekend is not going to suffice. It just isn't. Spending time in, in, in good Christian community is what God's desires. And we even see this outlined in the book of Acts. This is what the church did. This is what the church still needs to do. So I want to challenge you, encourage you, get plugged into a life group today. 
Uh, on the flip side of that too, you might be sitting here already today realizing that you are plugged in a life group. And I want to congratulate you and commend you for doing that. Um, But I also want to mention this to you. You know, there are people that you work with, people that you encounter at the grocery store, people that you encounter as you shop or whatever it might be, that will never, ever set foot in the church. They won't. I think particularly about our area, as I've had opportunity to connect with people, uh, we, we have the opportunity to live in a very church demographic. People usually have some semblance of church history. They've been to church at some point in their life. A lot of people that I connect with, though, they have been burned by church, and they do not want to set foot back into the walls of a church building. Again, perhaps that, that's your past, but you've experienced that before. There are people that will come to a life group that will never set foot in the church. You can invite them out. That They won't come and sit with you on a weekend, but they'll come out to a barbecue. They will. They'll come out to a paint night. They'll come out to coffee. And you have an opportunity to show them Jesus Christ in your actions. Your reach through a life group expounds our ability to change this city with the love of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, get plugged into a life group, invite people out to a life group, and allow that life change to happen. And that's where our mindset must continually lie, is it's not just about us getting fed. We want other people to experience this life changing, this reconciliation that God has for them. Check this out here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. It says this, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together in a dwelling place for God by the spirit. What's interesting here in this verse is everything that's being described is present tests. It's actually happening in real time. He says it grows into a holy temple, that you are being built together. This is a process. And the outlook that we have, the perspective we have to have, is it's not just about us. We have to be looking out, realizing that there are people that are far away from Jesus Christ that desperately, desperately need him as their Lord and Savior. There are people right now that are experiencing isolation at such a level that we can't even comprehend through marital problems, through work-related issues, through just feeling that they don't have any value to offer the world, and you are carrying the gift of Jesus Christ. That is why we must, we must intentionally share our reconciliation with others. We must intentionally share our reconciliation with others. You know, you have a story of how God got a hold of your life and how he brought you into reconciliation with him if you're a Jesus follower. You know that that story is more powerful than just about anything else you can share. You take that story and you explain what Jesus Christ did in your life and you share that with others and say, this same thing can happen to you. I experienced a life when I was isolated, when the barriers were were real, but God Almighty, because of Jesus Christ through his power, I experienced life in a different way. Because I'm reconciled to him, I can be reconciled to one another. I can live differently through life. We have to be prioritizing our life in such a way that we are reaching beyond the four walls of a weekend weekend with the love of Jesus Christ. We have to be doing this. I cannot do it on my own. Our incredible team cannot do it on their own. All of us together can. Actually, wasn't gonna share. This is in my, this was not in my notes. I'm pulling this from memory. 
the last time I was here, if you remember, we had the, last time I was here, you were here too. We had the four chairs up on the stage and we were talking about being a disciple that makes other disciples. You make other disciples. Domino effect. And I was running numbers again. That's the engineer coming out. And I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be incredible that if we, the church, and this is the church, not just Chambersburg campus, the church of Chambersburg, all came together and say, you know what? Let's get serious about winning this city for, the, for Jesus Christ. We want to tell people about Jesus. And we said, wouldn't it be great in a city altogether in an area where we have about 55,000 people, wouldn't it be great if we said, wouldn't it be awesome if we saw 1,000 people each year accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? 1,000 people. Wouldn't that be great? Do you know how many years it would take the church of Chambersburg to reach everyone with the love of Jesus Christ? Over 40 years, based on the statistics we have. 40 years. I don't like that number. It bothers me. Do you realize what would happen if the church of Chambersburg came together and said, we're gonna get serious about this and get this. If you of yourself were able to lead two people in one year to Jesus Christ, Two. Spending time with someone for six months intentionally for the realization they're going to lead them to Jesus Christ. Two people a year. I don't think that's hard to ask for. I think that's very manageable, actually. You know people at your workplace you can talk to. Do you know what that number reduces down to? Two and a half years. That convicts me that we are that close to seeing a city turned upside down with the love of Jesus Christ. Now you might say, well, Justin, there's no way that the entire church is gonna get on board. There's no way that they're actually gonna do that. Okay. Let's say that just our campus did it. And I'm pulling this from memory and I hope my numbers are right, but seven years. It's doable. The trouble is, is that even in our walk with Jesus Christ, if we're being honest, we still have those barriers up. Some of them we put up. Lack of faith, lack of intentionality. And God calls us beyond those things today. He says, I want you to live in community. I want you to invite others into community. I paid for it with my son's life. It's worth it. And today especially, I want to invite you into that community today. Maybe today you're realizing that you have that separation, that barrier between you and God. It's not good. You've experienced this. The isolation, the void, the lack of oneness, the lack of purpose. God today says, you know what? I love you so much. I want you to be my child. If you accept him today as your Lord and Savior, believing in faith, asking him for forgiveness of sin, that reconciliation takes place immediately. No longer will that barrier be there and I want to challenge you today, if that's your place where you're at today, to make that decision. You can do that right now while I'm talking. You can have a simple conversation with God. It's not about the words that you speak. It's about the intentionality of your heart and the faith of your heart today. It's Jesus, I want, to, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I accept you by faith. For others, of us, for, the, for others of us today, we need to start living in community. We need to tear down some walls that we've built. We need to start crossing over walls other people have built and say, man, the reconciliation that we live with God is worth it. It's more powerful than that. Maybe God has laid something specific on your heart today. It might be in reaching your neighbors, your coworkers, people that you go to school with. I don't know, whatever it might be. But would you take time to respond to that? Have a conversation with God at some point today. 
say, God, what does that look like in my life? How do I need to intentionally share that reconciliation with other people? What boldness do I need to have? What trust level do I need to increase? What faith level do I need to have in you so you accomplish what you want to do through me? Remember, this is all because of Jesus Christ. He's the one that's tearing down the walls. It's that foundation with him as the cornerstone that allows us to have this reconciliation through him. And it came with a huge cost. It came through his sacrifice, through his death on the cross. And today, while we are sitting here in community, I thought it'd be really special if we could remember that together. So today we are going to do communion together, if you will, family style. Our our hospitality teams are coming out we are not using the Jesus to go cups today. We actually have, we actually have um, a little pan of bread. We have the juice that's coming out to you today. And guys, you know, the Bible tells us when Jesus met his disciples the final night before he was betrayed, that it looked a lot like this. They were sitting together at a meal. And I wanna encourage you right now to go ahead and you can kind of pass that basket of bread around. You've got cups in there. Go ahead and share that. You can pour out the juice among yourselves. While you're doing that, I wanna remind you of what happened that night. The Bible tells us that on that night before Jesus was betrayed, that he took his disciples together after that meal. After they had shared that meal together, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this bread, it's my body. He's using it as a symbol. My body, it's gonna be broken for you. Similarly, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood that's gonna be shed for you. And the admonition to us is that as often as we do eat and drink this, we remember, we celebrate, we commemorate what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross by dying, taking our punishment, and coming back to life. Now today, you don't have to be a member of Lifehouse Church to take communion with us. We just ask that you have made that decision to be reconciled to God, that you are a member of the family of God. And that that's you today, we welcome you to participate with us in just a moment. If that's not you today, no worries. You can let it pass by. That's okay. But for you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, we're gonna be able to celebrate this time together. The Bible also gives us this very important admonition that before we take communion, we are not to have any walls of hostility between us and God. There's to be none present. The Bible says that if those walls, that sin is present in our life, it actually creates a very unhealthy situation where we will be punished for it. So the Bible tells us before we take this time to remember what Jesus Christ did, to take a very serious, very candid moment, we look inside at our hearts today and we say, God, is there any sin that's separating me from you today? And if there is, ask God's forgiveness for it. So we're gonna provide a moment right now for you to have that moment of reflection. And yes, I want you to remember what Jesus Christ did for you, but more importantly, I want you to say, God, is there anything standing between me and you today? And if there is, I wanna confess, I wanna get things right. So you take that moment, you pause and reflect. And in a moment, Pastor Michelle will come back up and we'll take communion together. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.